Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super, super excited. Um, it's been a minute since I did a live podcast episode, but it's going down tonight. Um, so I'm excited to record tonight's show. Um, it's been a lot happening in between since the last time I recorded a live show. But listen, man, I, I just want to welcome you guys to episode, I believe, 123. It's going to be dope. Got a great topic for you guys today. We're talking about the God who reveals himself. Um, I've heard people say many times that um, they believe in God. They believe that God exists. But how can we know which God is true, which God is the right God, if there are so many choices. And so we're going to deal, we're going to dive into this thought and, and why I believe the God of scripture is the true and living God. But man, I also have an awesome testimony from a brother by the name of Kareem, who was a former, who's a former Muslim, who was raised to be jihad. And so we're going to get into all of this stuff. It's going to be really dope. Um, I got a couple of announcements because um, it's been a minute for many of you guys know that um, I planted God graced me and my family to plant Path of Revelation Church. Uh, we officially launched back in October. We officially launched back in October, man. And, uh, and when I say it's been an amazing journey. Um, I, I, I've been telling uh, people close to me that outside of giving my life to Jesus, marrying my wife and having children, this is the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life. Planning a church, uh, serving God's people. Um, though it comes with challenges, like ministry comes with challenges. Any of us who are involved in ministry know it comes with challenges. But it's literally the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm excited about what God is doing because I believe uh, in the body of Christ. I believe in serving people. I believe what Jesus said when he said the greatest among you shall be servant of all. And so in the kingdom of God, um, as we go down and humble ourselves, we go up. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, listen. If you are in Detroit, in the Michigan, Detroit metro area, and you are looking for a church, come out and fellowship with us. Come out and fellowship with Path of Revelation Church. We meet every Sunday. Let me just get the clip. Let me get the clip. Let me get the clip. Yeah, we meet every Sunday, um, usually from 10 to noon. Um, and the address is 2950 Hilton Road in Ferndale, Michigan. 48220. I got 48228, but it's actually 48220 on there. Listen, get linked up with the church, even if it's not Path of Revelation Church. Join a Bible based church. The church is so necessary, it's so important to um, be accountable to a body of believers. Um, I believe it is, is essential. I believe it's essential to Christian growth to be a part of a local church. And so come out with Path of Revelation Church. Um, the word is rich. 
the presence of God meets us and you will be edified. Also, I just released a new single titled Lord Knows. You can go to however you listen to music, type in Gabriel Parker, Lord Knows, and stream the record. I'm excited about um, this music because it is a part of a bigger project that I'm planning to release, God willing, next month. God willing, next month. It's been a process. Um, um, I know I've been getting inboxes from a lot of people like, man, when is the new music coming? It's on its way. And so I'm excited about that. But listen, um, pray for us. Pray for Path of Revelation Church. Pray for me and my family. Um, and, and we we covered your prayers. You know what I'm saying? We really covered your prayers. And listen, if you want to be a blessing to the church on the screen, feel free to cash out POR Church now. Um, I'm not a preacher that begs for money or tells people, hey, if you sow this seed, you're going to be rich. No, I don't do that. Um, if you believe that anything that I've done in the past, whether it's been music, podcasts, if you've been blessed by the ministry, sowing to the church, we have a lot of good things um, in the works. We believe in serving people and it takes money to do so. So, so to POR Church Now. Love you guys. Appreciate it. So listen, um, I'm just making sure I'm covering everything because I'm a little rusty. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. I haven't did a live podcast in a minute. But listen, I'm excited about today's show. We are talking about the God who reveals himself. And I'm going to share a testimony a little later Um after we dive through some of these aspects of, hey, if if I believe God is real, but how do we know which God is the right God? Uh, I'm going to share a testimony by a brother by the name of Kareem. It's, it actually was um, shared on One Israel, One for Israel uh, YouTube page. This brother Kareem uh, grew up a devout Muslim and he was raised in, to be a jihad. And if any of you guys know what jihad is, it is um, individuals who are Muslims who are conditioned and, and, and taught to fight the enemies of Islam. So primarily Jews and Christians, um, um, those who um, dedicate their life to jihad are usually suicide bombers. They usually give their lives for, for um, their faith in, in Allah. And um, this brother Kareem has a phenomenal testimony, and I'm going to share that shortly. But I, I want to dive into this, man. Um, I've heard people often say, how can we know? Like, I believe God. I've heard people say, I believe God is real. I believe God exists, but I just don't know. I don't know. How can we know which God is true if there are so many gods, right? Um, and, and I've even heard people go as far to say like, man, there is no way for us to know. There is no way for us to know which God is true. There is no way. And so I want to respond to this in a couple of layers that I believe will be helpful for you, whether you are a Christian or whether or not you aren't a Christian. And I would start off by saying this. Um, a lot of times when people 
are responding to questions like this, especially us who gravitate towards apologetics, um, we often are quick to go to the archaeological facts that support the Bible, historical facts that point to the Bible being true, which we can do that. But I don't want to do that this show. I don't want to go through articles of, hey, this proves that the Bible is real. What I want to do is I want to appeal to the reality of God. And what I mean by that is as, as, as Christians, we believe our whole faith is contingent and based off of Jesus rising from the grave. And so what that means is the God that we serve is alive. He's, he's not dead. Um, we believe as believers that you can have an encounter, a real encounter with Jesus because he's risen. And so um, one of the things I always tell people that, that say things like, hey, we can't really know which God is true because there are so many choices, right? And one of the analogies that I use is none of us who are in school right now or have went through school, when we take a multiple choice test, pop quiz, that's multiple choices, none of us have ever approached a test and looked at the test and said, oh, because there are so many choices, the answer must not be here. But it's funny how we 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 do this with God. Oh, because there are so many gods, the true God or the answer can't be known. And so that's the first thing. The second thing I want I want you guys to consider is that God is all powerful. He created all of us. He created the human anatomy. He created the sky, the moon, the birds of the air, the sea, the ocean. All of these things God created, but you mean to tell me the God that created everything has no interest in revealing himself to his creation? To me, it doesn't even make logical sense because one thing that I know about God whether you are a Christian or not, even if you appeal to another belief system, one thing we can all agree on is God desires to be worshipped. God desires to be worshipped. And one of the reasons God creates is to receive glory. And so you mean to tell me God who desires praise and worship and glory does not desire to reveal himself to his creation is not so. And so I want to share um, a scripture. If you guys have a moment, I believe this is going to bless your socks off. If you would please write this down or turn to Acts chapter 17, verse 22 through 31. Acts chapter 17, verse 22 through 31. I'm going to just read through this scripture and kind of give some commentary to it um, because I believe this is extremely relevant to this topic. And before I read this, I want to like 
I, I remember, I never forget, I did um, a music, a, a, a Christian conference a couple of years ago uh, when Path of Revelation, the rap group was still a rap group. We, we, we did a Christian family conference in, I believe, Tupelo, Mississippi. Shout out to Will and Miki Addison. And at this conference, I never forget the testimony that was shared by this gentleman who um, was formally identified as a trans woman. I mean, this gentleman had went through the whole process of getting a sex change to, to try to become a woman. And, and the Lord radically saved him. And during his time speaking, he said something so profound that has stuck with me since the day that um, I've been at that conference. And he said, he said it within the context of his testimony, but I also took it as him making a statement that applied to humanity. He said, if a person really desires truth, truth will find them. And I began to think about all the scriptures, um, for example, like Romans chapter one, verse 20, where it talks about the invisible attributes of God and how God is made known through his creation to us as humans. So we are without excuse. How, how the scriptures also talk about how nature declares his glory. And so in, in all of God's creation, there's a responsibility put on us as humans to seek after the true and living God because he desires to reveal himself. He desires to reveal himself. And so when we look at Acts chapter 17, verse 22 through 31, this is a, this story is of, of Apostle Paul, who is in Athens. He's at Mars Hill. And I love this story because I want you guys, I, I want to give context before I start reading this. So Apostle Paul steps into Mars Hill. And the scriptures say when Paul is in Mars Hill, he begins to observe the idolatry in the land. And the Bible says as he observes the idolatry in the land, or in other words, idolatry for you guys who don't know, idolatry is the worship of false gods. And so idolatry could be you worshiping crystals and stones or worshiping yourself or worshiping anything that isn't the true and living God, worshiping the creation and not the creator. It is idolatry. And so in Acts chapter 17, Paul is observing the idolatry in Athens and the scriptures say that he was stirred up in his spirit. He was stirred up in his spirit. And so at, at verse 22, it begins to read and say, so Paul standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. What's, what's so interesting to this, to me, is people who are idolatrous he, 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 he parallels it and, and makes it synonymous with people who are religious. 
and superstitious. He says, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Verse 23, for as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription. Check this out. To the unknown God. So I want to paint this picture. They have in, in the middle of Mars Hill, in, in, in Athens, at Mars Hill, on the on, they have an inscription there that says, to the unknown God. Now, this was a place of great sharing of ideas, philosophies, sharing of insights on, on, on many false gods. This was a place of gaining, um, I, I would liken it to how most people are diving into consciousness, self-consciousness, higher self, uh, new age theology, and things like that, which really is just a different form of idolatry and serving false gods or a false god. And so he said he sees the inscription on the altar. They actually have an altar. Do y'all understand this? They create an altar and an altar is a place that's meant to where, where it's meant for us to um, present praise and sacrifices. So they make this altar and on the altar, they write to the unknown God. In other words, they're like, we can't. It doesn't really matter who God is. It's whoever you want it to be. It kind of sounds like today, you know, do you, do you, um, and, and things of that nature. And so as we look at the rest of the scripture, it says, he says, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And so Paul makes a bold statement. He says, what you guys is saying is unknown. I actually know who he is. Come on, somebody. Verse 24, the God who made this world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Now, listen. Why is this so important, what Paul is saying to these men? You got to understand Paul's history. Before Paul converted to Christianity or became a follower of Jesus, he was actually the face of persecuting the church. He was imprisoning Christians. He hated Christians and he hated their Jesus until one day, on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with the true and living God. And Jesus, when Jesus knocks him off his donkey and takes his eyesight and Paul says, who are you? And he says, it is Jesus whom thou persecute. Why do you persecute me? And he has a radical experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and he's saved. He gives his heart to the Lord. And so this is this Paul that is saying this. He's proclaiming this to the men. In verse 24, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, 
nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So here's one thing I know. God is not something that we create. <laughs> he wouldn't be God. We see people literally creating idols out of stone, out of metal, out of wood, uh, whether it's Buddhas, just different, any name, name any type of God, we can find statues. And, and, and I would even say in the Catholic church, in a lot of Catholic churches now, a lot of my Catholic people might be like, man, we don't actually worship saints or Mary, but why are you praying to them then? But that's a whole nother show. <laughs> Idol, uh, God cannot be created. He creates. And so it makes no sense to worship a statue or, or even depend on rocks or stones for protection. It, it's not... God is not a created thing. He is the creator. And so Paul is driving this point home because obviously we as human beings in our sinful nature, we specialize in creating idols. For some of us, social media is an idol. For some of us, electronics is an idol. For some of us, um, our fat, like anything could be, be, become an idol. Verse 25 he says, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Verse 26. And look at this. And he made from one man. Every nation of mankind, he's talking about Adam. And he when he says and he made from one man, Adam, every every man, he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Now look, when it says that he and he made from one man every uh, from one nation every man every nation mankind live on the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place what we have to understand is the time that you were born in the family you were born in the city you were born in the schools you've gone to the people that you have in your family and i understand some of us have experienced horrible abuse. Some of us have been molested and taken advantage of. That was not God's intention. That was not God's will. However, God placed you in the time and the period that you are in to give you the best opportunity to find him. The scripture says the reason why he placed you where he placed you in the time that he placed you. Verse 27 says that they that you should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far 
from each one of us. You know what I what I think about when I read that? God is not hiding. God is not hiding from us. Verse 28. For in him, look at this, for in him, and he's actually quoting one of their philosophers, but it's a it's a truth about God. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. We were made in his image. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. Look at that. The times of ignorance, verse 30, the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now, listen, this is your call. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, referring to Jesus. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. You know why we believe that Christianity is true? Because all... All the claims that Jesus made, John 14 and 6, for I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to God the Father, but through me is what he says. Jesus is making all of these claims of exclusivity, saying he's the only way. And he backs it up with rising from the grave. He is risen. All of these disciples, his disciples, give their literally give their lives for this faith because they are convinced and believe that he is risen. And they and they and they are making claims that they encountered the risen savior and they had no benefit to make these claims, Christians were hated. That's why they were killed. Peter was crucified on an X-shaped cross. I can go through all the disciples. They were, they were martyred for saying that Jesus is alive. They had nothing to gain. They didn't find, the naysayers didn't find his body. <laughs> they didn't find his body. He was put away in a rich man's tomb, guarded by Roman soldiers. Yet people, naysayers are saying the disciples took the body, yet it was guarded by Roman soldiers who they were hiding from. It makes no sense. He is risen. And we can trust him at his word. I want to share a testimony by Brother Kareem. And, and, and this is why, you know, especially us who are in America, y'all saw the brother who's tuned into this live right now, who's from India. Um, there are believers all around the world. 
And a lot of times we as American Christians, sometimes we have a tendency to limit God to our Christian experience and our, our Christian bubbles. And we don't realize what God is doing worldwide. There are in countless uh, countries and um, whether China or, or Pakistan, there people are having encounters with the risen Jesus showing up in visions, in dreams. I mean, it's a it's a worldwide phenomenon that's happening. And so this this um, testimony is actually from a brother by the name of Kareem, who it, who was raised. Um, he's a former Muslim, but he was raised to be jihad. Now, if you guys understand jihad, jihad are they are the Muslim extremists. They look for opportunities to give their life for Allah, whether it's by blowing themselves up or like what we've seen, unfortunately happened in 9-11. And so they are radical about their faith. And I understand not all Muslims um, um, prescribed to jihad um, in terms of acting out violence towards Christians and Jews. But if I'm not going to even go there, but, and so I just want to throw out that disclaimer, but I want you guys to listen to this testimony with me. Um, cause I believe it's going to bless you. When I was a kid, my mom used to pray for me and say, when I was a kid, my mom used to pray for me and say, Kareem, may I see you a leader one day coming with victory for Islam or a leader who is coming back, death. In the Quran, we grow up with two things. First, you should give your life to God. Second, you should defeat Jews and Christians. I memorized the Quran. I memorized the Sunnah books. I did all of the responsibilities a Muslim should be doing every day. My daily life was always built and centralized around Islam. I was dreaming of that day until I got this fantastic opportunity when the Americans attacked Iraq. 2002, 2003, this was a big fight. And I said to myself, this is the moment where I will give my life to God. I was now y'all catching that? He's saying, I was waiting for the opportunity to give my life for God. And, and if it's not clear enough for you guys, what he's saying is, I, I was looking for an opportunity to die as a martyr by an, a, 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 inflicting damage or death to America or enemies of Islam. He was like, I, I was looking for the opportunity to give my life. So this is what he's explaining right now. I was dreaming with this phone call that would come to me and this man who will help me to let me go and fight the infidels. And this call has come. And in that day, the man told me, I'm sorry, Kareem, the operation has been canceled. Bye. This call 
this very sad call. The worst news I have ever received in my life. I got frustrated. I was so much frustrated. I felt that I lost everything. I felt that I'm rejected by God himself. God has rejected. Now you guys catching this? This is so crazy to me. He's saying he got the call that he wasn't chosen to be, um, to die for Allah by killing others. He, he, was, he was upset and destroyed that he wasn't going to get to give his life for Allah. It's crazy, man. To me, in Islam, they believe that the, the, the people who give their life to God, the martyrdom, they are called by name by God himself. So for me, I was not called. After all the prayers, after all the fastings, after all the things I have done, I'm not called. This is a disaster. I started to disappear. I'm not out like before. Until one of the leaders called me and he said, I got to know what happened, Kareem, and I want to meet you. I went to meet him and then he told me, Kareem, why are you so sad? I said, God didn't choose me to die. And this man said a prophecy, I believe. He said, maybe because he chose you to live. Wow. I asked him, what should I do now? He said, you need to evangelize. I started to evangelize like never before. I was everywhere, even on TV. In the first days, I was getting dance uh, to, 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 to... Now you see... The, the gentleman says, maybe you were choose to live. You should start evangelizing, trying to reach people for uh, Allah and convert uh, non-believers to Islam. And so he begins to evangelize to try to earn God's favor, to earn God's good standing. And, th and that's the difference between a lot of faiths and every other faith and the Christian faith. Um, we we depend on the finished work of Jesus. We understand that there's no amount of good that we can do to earn right standing with God. But we are saved. We are not justified by our works, but by faith in Jesus and him and in, in, in faith in him alone. Are we justified? We are justified by faith. And so. If we're depending on our works before a perfect and a holy God, we all fall short. But thanks be God, thanks be to Jesus who took our sins to the cross. To, to Islam. But then the problem that I was not satisfied, there was something always missed, you know, something is not there. Here was my first problem because when I went to study with Muslim apologists, 80% of what they say is about Christians. Look how they were. Look, they are without hijab. Look what they say. Only 20% about Christianity. And this 20% was not fair academically. Because when you want to interpret one verse in the Quran, you need a lot to do. You need to read Asbab al-Nazul, the reasons. You need to read the commentators. And you read to have basic knowledge of how to interpret. But when he was interpreting the Bible, he was just saying, you know, look, Jesus here is saying this and that. It was too obvious to be true. Too obvious. I said to myself, okay, now I need what I call the Christian tablet. So in another way, I want summary of the faith. 
like doctrines. Tell me the doctrines. We believe in one, two, three, four, so we know what is wrong with that, which is easy to do, and then we evangelize these Christians. We do da'wah to them. I tried. I searched around. It was very hard for me to come with something that I can understand or can grasp until I started to be frustrated. By the end of many weeks, I started to talk to God like, God, you don't want to help me here? I need help. Until one day, I was sitting on my computer and a dial-up advertising came up, you know, and the time of dial-up before Wi-Fi came up. And it was written on it. Do you love Allah? I clicked it. I thought it's a Muslim website because they write Allah, you know. Allah is a Muslim word. But I found out that it's a Christian website. It speaks from Genesis till Jesus arrived to earth and resurrected, passing by the most central prophets in the Bible, like Noah, Abraham. This was amazing. To the extent that there was the first time in my life I looked and I said, maybe we are wrong? This is kind of impossible for Salafi to say so. But maybe we are wrong. But who said that God exists? And I started to see that I don't have any evidence for anything. I don't have evidence for Islam. I don't have evidence, enough evidence for God himself. Which led me to atheism. And when I was atheist, I did everything you can imagine. And then I was so tired because I started to feel that atheism is not an alternative. And inside me, I feel that there is a God. And I deal with myself as if there is a God that I talk to inside me. Until one day, I was fed up. I came back home, many problems, many things that I cannot bear myself. And I looked at the sky and I said, you know what? You are so big for me. I cannot find you. Please do something. I'm too small for you. Just do something and find me. It's not hard for you if you are there. On this night, I slept. And in my dreams, I saw that I'm running in a very long road. A lot of tree branches full of thorns chasing me want to kill me. And at the end of the road, there were a man that I do not recognize. And I, I, I shouted, please help me, do something. He just extended his hand, put his hand on my shoulder and brought me before him. And once he looked at me, I found out that this is Jesus Christ. He looked deep in my eyes and he said, it's your time to follow me. I woke up on my dreams and I said to myself, okay, this is hallucinations, you know? This is hallucinations. I think that um, it's not true. Why Jesus come to me, you know? But in the next night, I got the same dream, the same details. I looked up to the to the sky, to the heavens. Once I woke up and I said, you know what? This is this is this is not a joke here. I challenge you, if you can come to me one more time with the same details. Otherwise, I will not think of you again. I thought that he would never come, but he came. And this time he looked deep in my eyes and he said, didn't I tell you, <laughs> didn't I tell you, 
it's your time to follow me. I woke up while I cannot believe that this is true. I cannot believe that God is so loving. God is so amazing. God is God is so open. He didn't care that I'm challenging him. He was not feeling attacked. He was not feeling insulted. He was feeling that I love this guy and I want him. So he just came to me. I didn't woke up as a Christian, but I woke up as a man who's seeking the truth and knowing one thing that this Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. This Jesus Christ is not what we think that he is. I was lucky to find someone to help me with that. And after three years, I got baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Awesome. And the thing is, since I was baptized, everything started to change. Every look started to change. I started to see people differently. For the first time of my life, I started to learn that I can love others unconditionally. We traveled somewhere in another country due to the persecution we, we had. And uh, it was not easy for us. But what happened abroad was so unique. I got invitation from one of the associations that work in the synagogue. I accepted the invitation and I went for the first time in one of the halls of the synagogue. I was invited to be a keynote speaker in one of the events to speak about Preaching the gospel, um, my testimony Preach. and what happened with me. <laughs> so I said to them, for the first time, I can tell you, God healed me. Now listen, this is just one testimony, but these this this type of stuff is happening all the time. And and what stood out to me about his testimony was, and what I noticed is likened unto what the former uh, trans woman said the gentleman who um went through the trans the, the uh transformation process but the lord saved him he said when a person is truly seeking after truth the lord will find them or they will be found of the lord and and i see it even in this testimony in this situation with brother kareem how he was radical for what he believed but there was a sense of man i genuinely want to know the truth and, and so without getting into all the philosophical discussions and, you know, I could I can go for hours proving why Jesus is the way, the, the, the truth and the life and give historical facts and historical documents and things that back up um, the Christian faith. But one thing I would say to you um, and for those who aren't Christians who are watching this now or maybe will maybe will be watching this later God desires to reveal himself to you he's not hiding what happens a lot of times with us as humans a lot of times we downplay the gravity or or the depths of how sinful our hearts truly are 
Like you don't have to teach us how to be sinners. <laughs> we sin by nature. It comes natural to us. That's why you don't have to teach a child who sneaks in the cookie jar and you ask them, hey, did you go in the cookie jar with chocolate coming from their mouth? They know how to say no. They know how to lie. They know how to steal. And, and, and they know how to be deceptive because it is in our DNA. We are sinners by nature. And this is why we need a savior because God, if he is God, has to be perfect. His standard has to be that of perfection because he is God. And so the beauty of what Jesus did was the Bible says, he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And so what happened on that cross is every sin, every shortcoming, our rebellion towards God, our hatred towards God, those were the things that nailed Jesus to the cross. And right before he gave up the ghost on the cross, he said three words. He says, it is finished. In other words, what he was saying is the debt has been paid. And the reason why the debt has been paid because the wages of sin is death. He paid the, the sin debt. He paid our sin debt so we wouldn't have to pay it. An innocent lived perfect and innocent, sinless, yet died as the worst of us for our sake. And so this is the beauty of the gospel that he that knew no sin, yet while we were in sin, Christ died for us. And so when I hear testimonies like this, what I would challenge many of you to do is to humble yourself and, and pray and say, God, who are you? For some of you, this is your wake up call. For some of you, you have already been searching and seeking, God, who are you? What, what? God, what, who are you? What, what do you want from me? This is your wake up call. I'm here to tell you his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved from a sincere heart. From a sincere heart, call on his name. And I guarantee you, he will continue and he will reveal himself to you. This is the God who has revealed himself, is revealing himself, and will reveal himself. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. Listen again, right before I go, I want to invite you guys out to our worship experience this Sunday, Path of Revelation Church. We gather between uh, starting at 10 a.m. We have food and fellowship. Um, and then we have amazing worship. Come out and be blessed. Bring your family. Get linked up with a Bible-believing church, Path of Revelation Church. And also download the new single, Lord Knows, by yours truly, Gabriel Parker. Listen, I thank you guys. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. This is where the culture meets scripture. Thank you.